What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the God in the Game podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and today the message is how do we know God is real? How can we tell God is real? Now, I got this topic from Sadie Robinson, and um, this was her message that she spoke at Passion Conference. Now, let's pause for a minute. I just want to talk about Passion. Passion Conference. God was in the room. Very clear that he was. Chains were being broken. Lives were being restored. There was quite a lot of people who surrendered and gave their life to Christ. And it was a beautiful sight to see. The worship, the worship, ladies and gentlemen, was impeccable. I mean, just... 55,000 plus college students and God-loving human beings in one room, in one place, just lifting up the name of Jesus, crying out and praising his name. It was a glimpse of heaven. And the topic of this passion was call on heaven. Oh, we call on heaven for sure. I want you guys to, after you watch this video, go online, go on YouTube, and watch um, the Agnes Dea, D-E-I, video at Passion. Just type in Passion 2024 Agnes D-E-I. Sorry. Um, It was the last worship song which used to be a hymn that Passion sang on the last day before Christine Kane gave her message. And it was 20 minutes straight of the entire stadium just lifting up the name of Jesus and saying, Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb. For 20 minutes. People surrendered there. People gave their lives at that moment. I prayed for someone. And God spoke through me to this person. And his name is Rocky. Rocky, if you are watching this or listening to this, I love you, bro. I hope things are going well. But it, it, I, I'm, I was just so blessed. I was just so blessed to be there. And um, I took this topic that Sadie preached on and I loved it so much I'm going to speak on it so credits go all to Sadie Robinson Sadie if you're watching this which if you watch this if you watch my podcast I would just oh I mean <laughs> that the odds of that happening are rare but you you never know right but I don't want to take any credit away from her. It, it was truly God speaking speaking through her, but her message was so amazing. And I'm giving all credit to her. So 
Let's go. How do we know God is real? Sadie got this question asked to her in the form of a letter from, from a fan. And her response was the Bible. The Bible. The Bible is God's word on paper. The Bible is how we hear God speak to us in times where we might think that he's being silent. But we have to open our eyes to the scripture. See, I, I, I know that God is real because there have been days where I've been going through, through some stuff. Right? I've been going through these trials and these hardships. And then when I sit down to, to do my Bible study, the passage, the chapter that I'm reading pertains to that hardship and that trial that I've been going through for the past week or so. Some of you might be saying, oh, that's just a coincidence. No, it's not. It's not. I know that, that God's real because when I, when I was praying for people at Passion, God was speaking through me. I was being an intercessor onto that, that person. And some people were crying because of what I was saying. What God was speaking through me to that person was so on point and was exactly what they were going through at that moment. And I, I just give all glory to God for that. I'm grateful that he gave me that spiritual gift of prayer. But let's dig in. So first, the answer to that question is the Bible. In the Bible, there's over 63,000 cross-references all throughout the Bible, starting from the first book of Genesis to the last book of the book of Revelation. Now, there's a map. If you guys wanted to go on Safari and type in um, the map or chart of the 63,000 cross-references in the Bible, you will be shocked of how many lines that there are. It, 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 it's just so beautiful. And um, actually, later on, I passion at that second night, Louis Giglio, he spoke a message and he brought up that chart of the 63,000 references, cross-references. It is mind-boggling. And in those 63,000 cross-references, Promises that God made back in the Old Testament ended up being fulfilled in the New Testament. And it's just so beautiful to see. And you might think, yeah, okay, well, that just happened because the writers of those books wanted the people, the Christians, the Catholics, to read it so that it, it makes sense and that it, it proves that God's real. God did that. God did that. How can we tell that God's real? We do so because of the testimonies that people have. The testimonies that people have of being dead in their sins and their transgressions and living a life. Being spiritually dead. And then God came into their lives when they surrendered and worked out for good. And they were made new. 
See, when we find the word, the word being the Bible, when we find the Bible, everything changes. Life starts to change. The, the stories in this book that just are transformation, transformational, you know, people's lives change from reading this book. Because they they don't read it just to be informed. They read it to be transformed. And then they apply what they just read into their life. And then they see the benefits of that. We live in a society that everyone wants to be God. So that they can do whatever they want to do. Because temptation is real. Temptation succumbs all of us. And when we feel tempted, we feel an urge to do that, that, that certain thing. But that's the enemy tempting you. The enemy plays a role in your life. Whether you see it or you don't. Just like God does as well. And you can choose to succumb to the lies of the enemy and the agenda that Satan has for your life and then be sad and be depressed and figure out why is this happening to me or you can choose God. Stop living on the fence. One foot in for, for the enemy, one foot in for God and go full in for God. Your life is going to be so much better. The people that you meet are going to be so much better. The plans that God has for you are going to be so much better than what Satan had for you. Now, too many times in the Bible, we see stories about biblical characters going against the commands that God had. And 90% of the time, 99% of the time, when that happened... Bad things happen. And because we have free will that is given to us by God to choose what to do. That's where chaos comes in. That's where sickness comes in. Illness and disasters and um, crime, violence, all that comes in because of the free will that we have. So without free will, this world would be a horrible place. And we see that at the beginning of the Bible when the story of Adam and Eve comes in, and which is called the fall. Because in that story, God gave Adam and Eve two trees, right? The tree of life and the tree of good and evil. And God said, you guys can chew, you guys can eat freely from the tree of life and reap what it, it sows and goodness will come and you guys will be fine. Or if you guys choose the tree of good and evil, it's not going to end well for you. 
And God gave Adam and Eve that free will to decide. Because he's not like Satan who who takes you and forces you to do something. He, God is a gentleman. Satan's the one that's going to come find a way into your house without asking you to come into your house like a thief. God's the one that, that's, that's going to come up to your front door. That's going to knock on your front door and say, hey, can I come in? See, man looks at the outer appearance. But God looks at the heart. It's so true, you know. Society just views you as whatever they may see on social media. Whatever, how they may view you as a person, you know. But... God looks at your heart. He looks at your character and your per and, your, and your personality. And we were created to worship, and we were created to be in a relationship with God. And I'm just gonna go go forward and talk about the creation story, right? Creation story is the book of Genesis, the creation of the world. Genesis one. Verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the, from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. That's all I'm, I'm going to say, you know. See, earth is a creation, right, from God. But a lot of, a lot of people think that we were placed on this 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 thing called Earth that floats in the solar system by accident. That the Big Bang theory is the reason for creation. If it, if the Earth is a creation, it needs a creator, and the Big Bang is not a creator. Big Bang states that. The universe is formed because it it started out as this one little piece and it just stretched and stretched and stretched as time went on. But it needed a, cre a creator. That's why we have God. God is the creator. See, there had to be something outside of the universe to create the universe. Something within itself can't just create something else. Then your defense to that could be yes. I mean, well, we as humans create things for this world, right? Yes, I, I understand that. But when it comes to, to the entire world, it needs a creator. And then we can talk about us as human beings, right? There's so, there's just so many things in our in our lives 
as humans and our DNA, our figure as a person, the functions, you know, of, we are so complex that it, us humans point to there being in God a higher power that controls everything that created everything from the light to the darkness to, to the sea to the land to the animals to everything that, that we have now do you think it's a coincidence that every single human being has different fingerprints i say no do you know that part of our dna when you dig deep into it, something with the atoms or the proteins or the complex of DNA, like how it comes up, it's in the shape of a cross. There's just too much in our life to prove the existence of God. And it just... It's sad that there's a lot of people that just disprove it, try to at least disprove it. When Jesus was the son of man, God in human form, performed so many miracles, healed so many people, did so many things in front of Hundreds of thousands of people that so we had witnesses and people just say it's false because it happened 2,000 years ago. But there's so many accounts of it happening, there's so many pieces of evidence. There's a whole muse, there's a whole museum for the Bible. There's many places, countries in the Bible that are still around. Today, Jerusalem and Bethlehem, many more. And yeah, some countries, their names have changed over time. Like Russia used to be called the Soviet Union. As well as che Czechoslovakia. It's also once actually called, I believe it was called, um, it was called, Yugoslavia or something else along that lines but you understand what what I mean going back to the question of how do we know God is real the, the, your first answer is the Bible second answer is your testimony third answer is this generation first answer the Bible God's faithfulness has been shown throughout this entire Bible from story to story for example, Daniel in the lion's den, he was saved because God saved him because of his faith. Because when he was being tested, he never said that he didn't believe in God or that God was not real. He stayed firm on his foundation. He admitted that he was a follower of Christ, follower of God. And God brought him out of that lion's den unscathed and unharmed. The same goes for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were put into the fiery furnace because of their fate. And they stood firm. 
And God was the fourth man in the fire. And he took them out of that fire. And they survived. Just like how God is the, the third person in a relationship of two people. It's with him. Relationships. And able to be saved and to go on. And to endure the trials and tribulations that, 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 that they're going to go through. The hardships that they're going to see. With God, things are made possible. Things are made good. Said for those who, who believe in God, all things are made good. So we, as followers of Christ, have to stay steadfast. Be patient and enduring. And know the story. Know the story and take heart. Don't let the gospel be... Don't let the gospel, don't let the Bible... God's word be lost on your family, your friends, and the people of this world. And if you guys have a hard time with preaching the gospel, evangelizing when you are, C.D. Robson gave us this short example. And in pictures, it's like this. Right? So, the, the first picture is an arrow down, saying that Jesus came down from heaven to earth. And he, he was placed on this earth at, in a virgin birth of Mary. Coming down on earth, being son of man and God in human form. He, has, he had his ministry, went on. And died on the cross. The second symbol is the cross. He was buried and put in a tomb. The third symbol is a, is a tomb or a picture of a rock. Fourth symbol is an arrow going up. Saying that Jesus rose from the tomb. And lived. People saw him. And the, the fifth symbol is an arrow down. Because once he rose from, from the tomb, he, he was there for a certain period of time on earth. The disciples saw him. Thomas saw him. The one who didn't believe that he came back from the dead saw him face to face. Five, over 500 eyewitnesses saw him. He came for a short period of time. And then he ascended back to heaven. And then the fifth one is an arrow down because one day Christ will come back. And I was reading this in Luke 12 today. I was reading this. Yes, we do not know the time or the place of the hour that Christ is going to come back and return. But just like, for example, if a thief was to break into your house. While you were at home, he would be successful, correct? But if you knew the hour and the time and the day that, he, that, that that thief was going to break into your home, you would be home. You would be at your house. You would, prepared, you would be prepared to take him on, to confront him. If worst case may be to battle him, to fight for your home, you would be home, correct? That same thing goes for your faith, 
that same thing goes for you, even if you're not a Christian or a follower at this point. Become prepared for the coming of Jesus Christ. First, repent. Turn away from your sin. We are all sinners. I'm still a sinner. But I repent daily for my actions. I pick up my cross daily. I choose to follow God and obey His commands. And I've seen His faithfulness in my life. We might not know the day, the time, and the place that Jesus is going to come back. But we have faith and we believe that it's going to happen and that He will come back. And you need to be prepared. You need to be ready for that day to come. How do you get become prepared for that? The Bible. Read the Bible. Read the stories of the Old Testament of how God's promises and Abraham came to be fulfilled years and years on later on. How promises from Moses came to be fulfilled on later on. How how the prophecies of Isaiah in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament later on came to be fulfilled in the New Testament in several books. In the Gospels. In the book of Revelations. And so on. That is just a few pieces of the cross-references that I talked about at the beginning of this episode that are in the Bible. The 63,000 cross-references that take place in this Bible. When we find the Word of God, when we find the Bible and we read it and we take time to understand it, to dissect it, to meet up with other people, to read it, to, to, to take into account their opinions and point of views of a certain passage, of a certain story, of a certain chapter, of a certain book. We learn more. We grow more. And that is us be, being prepared for Jesus to come again. And the second part of that is to, to go out and preach the gospel. To go out and, and impact lives and save souls. And that is what I'm doing with this podcast. I am doing this for not my glory, but, but for God's glory. So, so that more people can come to, to know Christ. So that more people can come and see how I was once dead, but now I am alive, and I am alive in Christ, because it's not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 The old is gone, and the new has come. The new is here. This new life of mine, the past year, has been such a blessing to live, such a, a blessing to see happen. God, the way that God is using me for His kingdom it makes me proud. It makes me happy. And I'm going to continue to do it. Have I been persecuted? Not to the extremes that we see in the Bible. Have I been um, laughed at? Yes, probably. Have, have I been made a joke for having this podcast? Yes, I, I have. Do I care about what anyone says about me for doing this? No. This A is not for me. It's for God. And it's for people to listen to my testimony, to know it, and to, to see that the, the way that I was living and the, the way that I'm living now is two different versions of Austin. And the way I'm living now is the version that I love most. And the way that I'm living now is helping me to become the best version of myself possible that I've been striving to do so for the past six to ten years.
And that should be something that you should be trying to do every single day to become the best version of yourself possible and whatever that may be look like. And to do good and to and to, to leave a legacy behind to impact this world. And to bring more people to Christ. And one more example, I know that I went through a lot from the past examples that I've given to prove that God is real, but one more example that I found is that our organs all have functions, right? By working together, they make a living thing possible to live. We have so many organs in our bodies. We have so many pieces of organs in our bodies that make it possible for us to, A, speak, as I am speaking and talking right now. My tongue, my throat, you know, my brain. We see with our eyes. Our eyes have so, so, there's so much going on from here to our brains and our entire minds and bodies to be able to speak and talk and process information um, from our heart to our blood and our body to our fingers to our toes to our legs in which we walk to get to one point from point A to point B, from our arms to touch things to pick this water bottle up. For me to be able to go like this, to drink it, our organs pro process and work together to make sure that all that happens so that we live. Our heart beating every single day so that we live. But our organs aren't created, they're not human made they aren't made by humans but they are a creation and as i said in the beginning of this episode every piece and part of creation needs a creator and we are too far complex as human beings as living things as an organism in this world to say that god is not real and god is real because of who we are, because of us human beings, for us to have completely different fingerprints from every single 8 billion, of every 8 billion people on this earth. We all have different fingerprints. Our DNA, our chromosomes. I, I can keep going. There is so much more. The creation in this world from the oceans to the rivers, to the lakes, to the animals, to our ecosystem, even to this, to this society, to this world, <sighs> to us being able to procreate, to bring in more human beings into this world. I'm going to get into the birds and bees, yes. Men and then women. Combined, they date, they marry, they end up having sexual intercourse to bring in a living being, a human being, from one part of the male body and the one part of the female body coming together to form another human being. The process of bringing in a child a newborn baby into this world points to the creation of God. 
points to God being real because of that, that creation that is happening. Every creation needs a creator. So how do we know that God's real? The Bible, but also us as human beings. I have given God so many opportunities, so many opportunities in my life for him to give up on me, and he never did. I've done so much in this world, in, in this the past 22 years of my life, I've done so much. I've made so many mistakes for God to forsake me, but he never did. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. You are never too far gone to come to Christ. You don't have to make that change to change your life, to, to clean yourself up, to come to God. Come to God, and then God will clean you up. Slowly but surely. He did it for me. He can do it for you. Whew. God bless you. Hope you guys have an amazing day. From now till the end of the month, if you go on to the Passion website, Passion Conference, Passion website, make an account, sign in. Every session from the Passion Conference is up till January 31st. They're going to be taking it down January 31st. And then at some point, the, the sermons and the worship are going to be posted on the YouTube. But if you want to listen to Sadie Robinson's message of how we, do we know God's real and to look more into it and what she had, she had to say, make an account on the, Passion, on the Passion website and watch her message. She is so good. She's a, God gave her such an amazing talent of preaching. And she went through the entire Bible in 15 minutes. I don't know anyone else who has done that. But so this part, this episode is credited to Sadie because I took her, I, I took the, the notes that I jotted down from her message. And this those those notes were is what I have get given to you guys. So God bless you all. Keep God in the game. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the God in the Game podcast.